Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine... New York attitude. Good fucking wine. Yeah. No Luzi energy drink. Yeah, it's that good. From minute to the whole week, no kidding, I'm skinny, I cannot eat. Got a million things that depend on me. Yeah, every friend in my family, from a girl, every fan I meet myself. I'm too long, I'm too long. Come down, make new thoughts, like jumping off of that rooftop. Oh my devil, but I do not make new space for my new drops. Like who drops? Like who drops? It's yo, family killing me. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with. Episode two of the original G-Man of Hip Hop presents the G-Spot. So I want to talk about my company, Universal Talent Bookings, UTB Talent Management is the acronym, representing Mr. G-Man for personal appearances, speaking engagements, performances, film and television work. So we've got a couple projects coming up. We're going to be featuring G-Man in as an actor. He's going to be featured. Um... With speaking lines, dialogue, screen time, he's going to be a major part of the film. First one coming up is with our client, Leon Isaac Kennedy, and it's called Fight for Freedom, which is the unofficial official sequel to the penitentiary film, Penitentiary Part 4, where Leon will be reprising his role as Too Sweet Martel Gordon. And we are actually shooting this in Savannah, Georgia, during the month of August. And G-Man is a permanent fixture in that film. 
Um, so stay tuned for his role. It's going to be very interesting on that. The other one is a film called Prism, which is the El Chapo Guzman story. And that's going to be filming in Albuquerque, New Mexico in September. And we actually represent the writer of that film, Tony Tarantino, who's Quentin Tarantino's father. And we're in negotiations right now with Joaquin Phoenix, the star, as the lead El Chapo, which he's already agreed to do. So in that film, G-Man will be playing the DEA director opposite of our client, Jesse the Body Ventura, who's on the trail of El Chapo Guzman and the story. So that's a very pivotal part in the film. So these acting opportunities, brother, what, uh, what do you feel about some of this stuff, man? Oh, man, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. But before I say that, hey, hey, what you think about the, the new Kangos, man? These are, this is a new merchandise we got, man. What do you think? I love it. I love it. That's yeah, G-Man. Yeah, man. We, we, know, we know we stepping up our, our grown, our grown man. And look at the new T-shirts, man. Look at the new T-shirts. And they got G, the picture of G-Man on the back of it. The original That's G what I'm talking about. You know, our merchandise is in and, and, and no sweat. They're high quality and... I mean, they 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 reasonably uh, price and and uh, they actually sell out at all the shows, man. It's like I can't keep them. If I autograph them, they just they 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 want they they go for more. So you know, I'm just blessed. And uh, as you was asking, uh, Tim, I want to say, you know, first publicly, I want to say thank you for uh, taking on my project. You know, what I mean, for taking on my career. You know, uh, there's been a lot of people that have been trying to keep me out of the out of the out of the way. Because you know, I bring so much real real realism to the show, so much authenticity when it comes to hip hop, and so much truth, and so much not to, to pat myself on the back, but adver uh, adversity and in talent, I bring so many different dimensions to talent that a lot of people it seem to be one dimensional, and and you pick up that I'm not one dimensional, and it, and it puts me in the, in the lights of. The Rock, you know what I mean? Dwayne Johnson, you know, you, you got a history with his family for his managing his, his kids, his father, Rocky Johnson and all that. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, and Leon Isaac Kennedy. And, you know, these was all stars that I watched when I was, when, as we was growing up and to be able to meet Leon, which we talked almost every few days. We was actually on the phone last night talking, mm -hmm. you know, yesterday. And uh, and he's, he's, he's very spiritual, you know what I mean? He, 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 he's, a, he's a minister, he has his word going on and, and I'm very spiritual, so we connected. You know, we actually, me, you and him, when I picked you up from the airport, because that's my manager and that's my friend. So I, I don't just sit around, I get in the car, my car, and I go and pick my guys up myself. So they don't have to be taking no Uber or no limos and all that. We, we real, we family. So I went and picked them up myself and we spent the day and then we end the day off with a long prayer. See, that, that's the type of stuff that's more important to me than the music, the movies and all that is staying spiritually and God grounded. You know what 1, I mean? One thousand percent. Yes, absolutely. So I wanted to say thank you, uh, Timothy Bill and uh, Universal Talent Booking. And and thank you to my my, my, my personal road manager, uh, uh, Rob Kenneth, which y'all be seeing uh, in a couple of uh, episodes. I'm bringing him out to talk about what we got going on with some stuff that we'll be doing together. And, uh, and I just want to say thank you, man, because you recognize something that a lot of people is taking for granted and don't, and don't recognize. So to be able to be acting as you ask me, man, I'm getting ready to act alongside uh, Joaquin Phoenix. And Jesse the Body Ventura, I'm be, I'm playing a DEA agent, and to be a professionally trained bodyguard, that's like right up my alley. <laughs> and then, right on. In action, I mean, I'm I'm am a beast when it comes to action, 
And uh, you see that in, in the in the other movie that I was in, Mad as Hell. You see the action. I, I really got some uh, some gifts and some talents that uh that was hidden for a long time and and stifled. So thank you, uh, Timothy Bill. So that's what I got to say about that, man. I appreciate you. And to that effect, I say you're welcome, man, and you deserve it, brother. You deserve everything and more. So because you paid your dues, you went through hellfire and brimstone, and you're here to talk about your experience, man. And that's great because that influences a lot of people to do the right thing. That encourages people. That's positivity, man. That's like what to do, what not to do. You know, that's good stuff, man. So let's talk about another actual, because uh, you are a quadruple threat. And more people, most people don't know you are a quadruple threat. And one of the things that you do that I love is you are really heavily involved in artist development. So you develop artists to think outside the box and to do what they should do and what they shouldn't do. So talk about a little bit of that, man. Like how did you get started in artist development? You know, because being one of the first guys in this hip hop uh, culture to have everything taken from you and, uh, and, and I, I just vowed that I would never let that happen to another artist if I can help it, especially these new artists. Now, some of these artists that you hear on the radio that's doing fabulous, that forgot about me now, Cause you know, I had people like Tretch from Naughty by Nature. Uh, I had people like uh, uh, LL Cool J, you know, at Jazz in the Gardens here in Miami a, a, a year or so ago, uh, seen me and uh, and told the people that was with me, do you know who, who your stepdad is? And and they said, yeah, that's that my dad. And he says, no, no, if it wasn't for him, it wouldn't be no us. So everybody in hip hop ought to write him a check. And I, that meant something to me. Nobody's wrote the check yet. We still waiting on the check, Tim. You know, but uh, but uh, uh, I, I, that mean that meant a lot to me to hear LL Cool J say that, man. You know, and and that that he that came out of his own mouth, out of his own recognizances, and to hear uh, people like uh, Barry White, uh, Michael Jackson, Shirley Caesar to say stuff like, "Gee, man, they don't see you coming." And this was years ago, in different times, in different places, people said the same thing verbatim. So uh, that that's that 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 those things stand out in my mind, man, and and it kind of makes me feel like all the journey was worth it. So when I'm developing a new artist, I I teach them entertainment etiquette. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I I teach them the values of being appreciative of the the small things that you get that can lead to big things because if you can't be trusted with the small thing god's never going to give you the keys to the kingdom you know what i mean so uh i, I develop an artist to let them know to be more than just a rapper or a singer become an entertainer you know go get educated and don't just get educated in, in stuff that you like look at the gifts that god has put in you and be and get educated in the gifts that he put in you because that's like his words going back to him void, which would never happen. So if he gives you gifts, those are his gifts that he gave you. He's going to bless those gifts that you don't have to worry about. So, so that, that, that's what I want to, that, that's what I want to, I want to, I want to say, you know, with that's concerned, you know what I mean? I, I just, I just, I, I'm just appreciative of small things. And you hear on the radio, some of these artists that's on there that's big, then came through my artist development curriculum. I have a 90 day curriculum that I, that I composed. And uh, it, it costs, but it's not expensive. You put a little deposit down and you pay the rest off weekly, bi-weekly or once a month so you can watch your growth 
as you as you go along through the through the course. You know what I mean? At the end of the 90 days, you are so you're so prolific that you can start literally writing your own checks and creating, opening and closing your own deals. Uh, you know how to approach situations. You know how to go in the studio and carry yourself. See, a lot of artists, just this is important. They go into a studio, they pay for studio time and they walk out of there. Then uh, a few months later, they hear that the tracks that they was working on play, being sung by other people. And, and they don't realize that it's not, they have no reason to be bad at, when they hear that because you don't understand the business etiquette. See, industry gets you laid and business gets you paid. <coughs> excuse me, y'all, excuse me. That's actually a really good way to put that, man. So um, how did you how did you get hooked up with DJ Easy Rock and Rob Bass? How did that transition happen? <coughs> excuse me, I'm just getting over a slight cold and y'all gotta bear with me. This is the G spot and the G is all good. We keep it working, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, like, like, when I say about these artists, what they don't understand, and I'm going to talk about the Raw Bass and DJ Easy Rock thing, is uh, that in order to become successful, you have to pay homage to the forefathers. You have to pay homage to those that came before you. And these artists have to understand that. So they get up there and, they're, and, and, they're, and, and they don't realize that it, 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 takes, it, it takes something special for you to become successful without a record out. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, when you're in the entertainment business. And how I came, uh, got with Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, uh, I was at, at one, I was taking a hiatus from doing entertainment because the industry was changing. And uh, I was doing sales. I was a salesman. I was selling Kirby vacuums. And you know how hard that is to sell vacuum cleaners. And I was taking a hard, and, and me being who I am, you know, back then I was, I, I always had that hustle game in me. I'm going to get out and work and make a dollar. An honest day pay never hurt nobody. So I was selling Kirby vacuums and I, and I came up with this thing called the van program where I tell the company, you rent a van, you give me about four or five guys in the van with me. And then instead of you just sending me out in my car to go sell a van, you give me four or five guys, uh, guys in the van and, and young ladies in the van and we'll go out neighborhoods and we'll come back in with 10 or 20 sales. Mm -hmm. That happened. It came. It was successful. So, uh, so I, I was working for in uh, in Ridgewood, Queens, doing that with Frank Jackalone. That was an Italian guy, very nice guy, and uh, and Robert Elder, a guy named Robert Elder. I took a break one day. I was kind of getting tired of that too. So, I'm always doing what Michael Jackson told me. I always like to reinvent myself. Always want to reinvent yourself so you can stay relevant on another level. So I, I took a, a break and I said, I wanted to take the day off. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna take two or three days off. I got enough sales on there. I'm gonna take a couple of days off. So I let my guys go uh, home and, and I drove from Brooklyn all the way up to Manhattan to uh, Edgecombe Avenue, 155th and Edgecombe Avenue where my sister was living. And uh, I, I wanted to visit the family. So I went up there and, and, and my cousin, when I was in, living in St. Croix in the Virgin Islands, my mother's West Indian. She was growing, born in St. Croix, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and uh, in Christiansted, you know. So uh, my cousin that I had met when I was down there was living with my sister at the time. His name was Paul Yarwood. We call him Pablo, Blow for short. And if you listen to It Takes Two, in the beginning of It Takes Two, you hear that, that sound, that voice that come on and says, 
you were about to be possessed by the sounds of MC Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, Rock, Rock. That's my cousin Pablo's voice, his his actual voice, who is my blood cousin. So I went up, so I, I I went up to see my sister, and my cousin Pablo was coming out the door. So we was catching up. I hadn't seen him in years. So you know it was like exciting. And then he had to go make a run. He had to go and do something. But I was, so I was going on in, and he had a friend over there with him who he left in there while he had to go take care of some business. And this guy was just sitting down on the floor in uh in my in my cut in my in my cousin's room, and uh, he was just listening to some music and and he was drinking some uh, suds out of a forty ounce bottle back then. The old English, <laughs> old gold. He was drinking suds out. You don't hear about the the, the naughty forties anymore. So uh, he was drinking suds out of it. And I thought that was a little odd, but you know, hey. And then uh, he was smoking a cigarette, but a Newport, and then it was no cigarette left on him, just a butt. So uh, he, we struck up a conversation, and uh, and uh, we just, you know, we kind of clicked. Just a, it was something that was a natural click, you know what I mean? And and uh, he said, "Hi, my name is Rob." I said, "Hey, what's what's up? Uh, I'm I'm G." You know what I mean? You know, blah blah blah. We talking, you know, kicking a woolly bobo, you know. So uh, I said, "I'll be right back." I, you know. I went to go get me some Chinese food from the Chinese restaurant right around the corner from the house. And uh, and when I was in this, when I went into the store to get me something to drink, I remember that he was drinking a 40 ounce bottle of, uh, of, of, of Old English, but he uh, it was empty. So I grabbed him a 40 ounce and I grabbed him a pack of Newports because I did not, he was a nice guy and he was smoking a cigarette, but you know what I mean? So, uh, so I came back when I got back to the house, I said, hey man, I picked this up for you. And he thought that that was so cool that somebody thought about him and got that for him without him having to ask. And uh, he, we got into a good conversation and uh, we, we met a few times and uh, he said, so he said, I got a song coming out. I said, well, you can't rap, but he never at the time, he never knew who I was. Even when I was in the group, Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, I never told Rob who I was, never once. Did I step on his toes or anybody in the group told to tell him who I was? Because when it's your time to shine, it's your time to shine. So I never got into the battle rapping with them. I never did. I stayed in my lane. So he asked me one day, I told him that I did some security for uh, a Michael Jackson lookalike and a Prince lookalike in Indiana. So he was like, what? So I said, yeah. So he said, how would you like to be my bodyguard? Because I was a big guy. I was almost 300 pounds. You know, I was a big guy. But, and, but you could tell I had a lot on, on the ball. I was educated. I, 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 was, I was straightforward. And, and, and I had this street game on lock with conversation. You just, you ain't going to bullcrap me. I'm not going for it because I already been there, you know. So we met that way. And then we, uh, from, and that was like in the end of 89, early 90 or something like that. And. And then I was with him from, from that point on to 1996, you know, all the world tours with him, you know, uh, hype man, bodyguard, living chef, living bodyguard. Uh, you know, we was boys. It was Robin G riding around Harlem all the time in that Mercedes Benz and gold and the gold uh, and black Benz with the rag top and the gold emblems. It was Robin G. You know what I mean? Even though it was Robin Skip, Skip is easy, Rock, who God bless, who's passed on. You know, they was they was boys, but me and Rob was tight. You know what I mean? From the time period, from that, that frame. So that's how I, me and Rob met. Right on. So what would you think would be the best sound advice to give to young artists? I'm going to tell you what I think it is. I represent a lot of young artists who are trying to get into the business, but they don't know the business behind the business the way that you and I do. 
And one of the things that a lot of artists don't really realize and understand is how important it is to retain your publishing rights. That's what I think it's all about, retaining your publishing rights. But I want to hear from your perspective. Your intellectual property. <laughs> Own your intellectual property. See, and I'm going to tell you, artists, man, when I'm developing an artist, I get into all that. I, I do everything from your copyrights, your, your publishing, your pu setting up your publishing companies. Uh, I, get, I, I, get, I teach them all that. And, and I go above and beyond your, from your ASCAP to your BMI, how to hold mics, how to use falsetto voices. When your voice cracks and you can't perform, you think. I show you how you can continue performing. You know what I mean? I, I, I teach them to dig deep and find out who their why. What's your why? You know what I mean? And and that's very important. So, but let me tell you, man, if I if I had to tell you one thing, with the deal that I signed over in UK, I keep my intellectual property, even though I signed a single, and I do single deals. I ain't doing no album until it become iconic. The music I do is is it never go outdated. It's always trend-setting stuff. And and I also I, 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 I negotiated a 30% split, which is unheard of. Mm -hmm. And they still do the promotion and marketing and advertising and all that stuff. You see what I'm saying? So uh, that, that because they understand that, that the legendary, the iconic ship, the, the, you know, all that they understand. And, and, and honest, I tell you, keep, maintain your, intellectual property maintain the ownership of your stuff why you think michael jackson is not here no more not that that's that that's just the truth you know what i mean because him uh 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 whitney houston uh barry white prince all of all of them had one thing in common well two things in common one was the fact that they all had owned, they, they was owning or getting in ownership of their own intellectual property. And Michael Jackson owned half of Sony and, they, and all their publishing, half of their publishing was made their, 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 their music world mad because he did smart business. And, and the other thing they all had in common with Strikes Me as Artists, Clyde Davis. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I just something, even, all the way back to Elvis, when you, when you think back, the lineage between the people that's in charge now goes back to all the way back then to even Elvis Presley, who, who was a great performer, entertainer, you know what I mean? And, and that's what it boils down to. And he had soul. He was, he was around a lot of blacks, African-Americans. And then you see most of the success in entertainment when it comes to, to music, sports, big, the stuff that, that you always see that it has some lineage that has to do with the, uh, the, the, the other communities other than the ones that call itself owning it. <clears throat> Excuse me. One million percent copyright, intellectual property, publishing rights. You know, making sure your music's registered with BMI and ASCAP. That's the Union for Music Writers and people that don't know out there, because that's so important, man. I mean, that way you get paid off every time somebody samples one of your songs, every time one of your songs is played in a film, every time songs is played in the commercial. You get paid for all that and more, man. And that's really the retirement for the artist. Because a lot of artists don't think outside the box. They don't think that far along. And they don't have retirement when they get to a certain age because they didn't protect themselves. So that's really important, man. That's a really important thing for artists to know and understand. And that's part of the business behind the business. Right. So my thing with you, man, is like, talk about your newest song, Be Where You Are. Because I know you worked with Michael Jackson. How did it work out that you had Michael Jackson's 
voice on that song. You know, it, 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 it's weird. Even like how I even met Mike, it, it was crazy. It was, it, it, you know, it's always seemed that things happen when you don't at least expect it. You know, uh, I happen to be on a tour on the Bobby Brown Don't Be Cruel tour, if you would, or the uh, King of Stage tour, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and we was actually opening up for him, which was Rob Bass, Karen White, Levert, and uh, of course, Bobby Brown. We was uh, nominated for uh, Soul Train Music Award, and we was at the Shrine Theater in California, and which we was going up against the song, the group EU, and they had Doing the Butt. And uh, of course, the devil, the devil music always seemed to win. We talk about sex, violence, and all that, you know, it's for some reason they get the edge over the good stuff. So I refused to get to uh, get out of the hallway because Michael Jackson was coming in the building one day. And uh, his uh, security was trying to tell me to get out of, out of the hallway. I'm not getting out of the hallway. I'm a professional bodyguard. And I've got a client that's using the restroom who I was working with at the time. I'm not getting out of the hallway. So I guess he thought because it's Michael Jackson or because he had on a suit that I was getting out of the way. Not going to happen today, player. <laughs> so I turned into Bernie Mac. I wish the hell you do something. If you want to do something, I'll do something to you. I'm trying to tell you right now, I will beat your head up in this month. You know, so I was really, really serious about not moving. And uh, I guess the police officer that was on out there, one of the police officers came over. It was like a sergeant or lieutenant or something. He came over and he said, what's the, what's, what's the commotion about? I said, well, uh, I explained, I'm not fitting to get out of the way because he think because he's saying his client get ready to come in and I got my client inside. So in, in the bathroom. So he says, uh, he talked to me and he talked to him. Then he come back to both of us and there and whoever this guy boss was come over and the police officers that was there, the, the, the sergeant said, he said, I can't make this man move because he's head of security. Mm -hmm. Now I can't, now if he's head of security, actually you work for him, is what he told Michael Jackson guy. You work for Michael Jackson, but you don't work for the, 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 the tour or the venue. This man is head of security for the venue and the tour. So he, we don't, we can't make him move, leave. If anything, we, he can turn it around and have you move, remove. So I guess the word got to Mike because they, they, they sent the word out to Mike, Mike come in and I'm still standing over there by the restroom Mike looks at me and he smiles and he nods his head at me and he goes on in, in the building. You know what I mean? We get to a hotel now late that night. Now, Michael Jackson got the whole top three floors of the hotel blocked off. He got, now you know how many rooms that is? He got not just his floor, he got the floor under him and the floor and, and, and the two floors under him, and he's on the top floor with nobody on it but him. The whole suite, that whole presidential suite is unbelievable to me. So, okay, fine, you got that kind of cake. You don't just got cake and bread, you got the factory. You know, I get you, you know what I mean? So uh, I was getting on the elevator to go, I go down, I'm gonna get me something to eat. And uh, the same guy that I had words with was approaching the elevator, so I said, oh, we finna get it in. I know we finna go at it, because he didn't like how he was upstage. So I'm, I'm like, the first thing I'm doing is, is I'm already sizing him up. I already know what I'm gonna do. You know, I already know. I'm, I'm just as a, when you're a trained bodyguard, the way I was trained is not to be pretty, it's to inflict as much damage and eliminate a threat 
while still moving your client to safety. So I had already figured mm -hmm. out what I was going to do to this guy. You know what I mean? But he said, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I just want to have a word with you for a minute. I said, what you got to say to me, man? And he said, oh, somebody want to talk to you. I was like, yeah, yeah, who's that? He said, MJ want to talk to you. I said, oh, okay, you know, I, I digressed a little. So we get on the other side elevator because that's the only one that goes up to the penthouse. So we get upstairs to the penthouse. And when, you, when I get off the elevator, he got security guards all over the floor. I mean, on every door, there ain't even nobody in the rooms. He got security just standing in the hallway. Just, you know what I mean? I'm like, this is nuts, you know what I mean? So we go to this end of this hallway where the, the doors open uh, inward and uh, and it's a, it's a security guy standing there in full gear, full uh, protection gear, you know, fit weapons, all that. So he opens the, so he walks me to the door, he opens the door, he don't go in, he lets me go in and he closes the door behind me. He pulls him shut. And uh, I look to the, I look to my, to, to my right and I can see the, like the, the, the rooms and, you know, balcony and, you know, all the living room, all that. Then I look to my left and I see a game room and a, a big pool table with glass balls on the pool table. And uh, at the end of the pool table, I see Michael Jackson holding a see-through pool stick. Mm -hmm. A see-through pool stick. And, uh, and Mike's standing there and uh, he says, just like this, Mr. T, I'd like to have a word with you. I was like, okay, you know, now he says it. I said, first of all, Mike, put some bass in your voice. That's the first thing I said to crack the ice. I, I crack jokes, you know, and I, when I'm hosting MC shows, I do voices and I tell jokes because I'm an MC. So he, I had to crack the ice with him. You know what I mean? I just knew, just something told me to just say that to him. And he was like, he was like, oh, Mr. G, I'd like to have a word with you. And I was like, I was like, first of all, Mike, Mike, put some bass in your voice. Say G, G, G. G I want to talk to you. Say, say. And he's just like, he's like, he says, G, G, stop playing. He's laughing. And, and I'm like, because I'm like, you coming to me with this. You're a man. Talk to me. Like, talk, talk to me. You know what I'm saying? Holler at your boy. You know what I mean? So I go in and I, and I, and I approach and he talks to me and he says, uh, he, lo he loved how I carried myself and, and he had uh, a, 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 a detail that he needs a special detail. That he needs somebody that's very special to, to deal with with the detail. So I said, so I'm like, what you talking about, Willis? You know what I mean? <laughs> what you talking about? You know, <laughs> you know, because hey, I hear rumors, bro. <laughs> what you talking about? You know, so he says, uh, he, he, so basically I asked him what was he talking about? And he and he, he said, you know, his mother, you know, she's a Jehovah Witness, she still knocks on doors, and can I be a floater? So now I know what a floater, and a floater in my mind as a bodyguard, I know what a floater is. That means that I, I don't sit stationary in one spot and uh, and you don't know that I'm even there to protect you. That's what my detail of a floater was at the mine. So I was flown in to watch her and her little girl, her lady crew knock on doors, and she don't even know that I'm in that black SUV way over there trailing them to protect them. So that that's, was that detail. And that detail went to other floating details and, and so on and so forth. So with that being said, I worked for him directly, you know, and uh, and I, I worked for his brother some years later, uh, Tito, you know, I had him up in Gary, Indiana. I did a uh, couple of memorials for them up in Gary, Indiana. Uh, I did a, a lot of stuff for uh, Gary, a lot of concerts in uh, the park out there called, uh, 
what was the name of that park? Uh, Marquette Park. That was the mm -hmm. name. Of it. I worked with the mayors up there, uh, Mayor uh, Mayor Clay and Mayor White. You know what I mean? So I, the two two mayors that was up there, I, I've done some things, some major things for them, and it's just amazing, man, uh, to work with people of that caliber and for them to give me, you know, their blessings. You know what I mean? Like Lionel Martin from Video Music Box back in the day. You know, me and him was real tight. I did a song for him called uh, Esta Loca, which was, I did it years ago with Tito Prentice Sr. too, you know, the Esta Loca. So, you know what I mean? And so it's just that when you deal with people like Caliber, it's a blessing, man. And I, I didn't know that I was going to have all this happen to him. That's awesome, man. And you know, that's actually the end of episode number two. So the original G-Man of hip hop presents the G-Spot. We'll be coming back with episode three very soon. Stay tuned. Any last departing words, Mr. G-Man? Every time you see G-Man, when you hear, uh-huh, you know that G-Man. <laughs> you know G-Man is a builder. Uh, thank y'all for uh, for coming to the G-Spot. We're going to see y'all back here again uh, next week, same time, same black station. We love y'all. Deuces. Peace. <laughs>